the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. the 12th chapter. Here was, I'm going to start reading at verse 1 of chapter 12 in the book of Hebrews. Notice, if you will, what the word of the Lord declares to us. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself lest you be wearied and faint in your minds on today dear ones I would like for us to return to the text and to the topic that we had started to deal with last week we started dealing with this text last week and I'd like for us to go back and deal with it a little bit more on today now the text of scripture that we had taken up to deal with is found for us here in the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter, the first three verses, uh, but primarily just verse 2. We're just kind of focusing on verse 2. And the topic that we have given to this dealing of this text, the topic comes in the form of a question. And that question is this, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? Now, dear ones, in beginning to deal with this text, we started off by just taking note of the first three words that we are told in verse 2. We, we, we've in, in times past, I've tried to take up this text and deal with it, but we never got past verse 1. We, we, we take up the text, we start dealing with it, but we really don't get past verse 1. We spend weeks dealing with just verse 1. And so the Lord impressed upon me to move to the second verse this time around. Just deal with the second verse. And so we started dealing with it last week, and we just got through the first three words of the second verse. Because in the The first three words of the second verse tell us to look unto Jesus. Look unto Jesus. Now, 
we began to deal with this text and we took note of several things. There were a lot of things we talked about, but two of the things that came up out of our examination of what the writer is saying to us is one, when he tells us to look unto Jesus, dear ones, that will require me to take my focus off of other things and so that I can then place my focus entirely upon him. And so if when the writer tells me to look unto Jesus, he is telling me, take your focus off of these other things. Stop looking at these other things. Don't go cross-eyed trying to look at Jesus and look at these other things at the same time. Don't give yourself a headache. Take your eyes off of those things. Take your, I know they're attempting. I know they're enticing. I know they're troubling. I know they're disturbing. I know they cause fear to rise up in your heart. I know they cause doubt to rise up in your mind. I know these other things can captivate you, can allure you, can entice you. I understand. But the writer says, take your eyes off of all of that stuff. And put your eyes on Jesus. So the first thing we've got to understand is I've got to take my eyes off of everything else and fix my focus on him. Because I can't look at two things at the same time. The other thing we learned last week, dear ones, is I am to look to Jesus. I'm to look unto Jesus, not necessarily to receive something from him or to get him to do something for me. So a lot of times we look unto Jesus because he is the means for something else. I look to Jesus because I need him to bless me here. Or I look to Jesus because I need him to do this for me. Or I look to Jesus because I'm hoping that he'll open this door for me. The writer says, no, 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 no. Don't look to Jesus so that you could get something from him or get him to do something for you. Look to Jesus because you want to behold him. You want to see him. You want to behold his beauty. You want to see his glory. You want to, you want to be able to stand in his presence and, and, and be able to bask in, his, in the wonder of his grace. You, you look to Jesus not to get something. You look to Jesus because he's the sole purpose you're wanting. I want Jesus. I don't want nothing else from you. I want you. I don't want anything. I want you to do anything for me. I want you. It's a wonderful thing to have somebody tell you, I just want you. You ain't got to do nothing for me. I just want you. You ain't got to give me nothing. I just want you. I just want to be with you. And that's what the writer says. He says, look to Jesus. Don't look to get something or to receive something or to have him do something. Look to him because you want him. Now, dear ones, we started dealing with these, these, this whole text, the second verse, by looking at it from the vantage point of asking four questions. The first question we dealt with was last week. The first question was this, uh, who are we to look at? So that was the first question. And we said the answer to that question, the writer tells us, is we're to look unto Jesus. So who are we looking at? But now we want to move to the second question. Because as we look at the second question, as we begin to look at this text, dear ones, the second question Ask us the question, why are we looking at him? So we're told to look to Jesus, but now we have to ask the question, why are we looking at him? And the answer to that question is given to us and what the writer says to us, because he tells us we are to look unto Jesus because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, dear ones, there are several things that we want to notice from what the writer tells us here. One thing is that the word author that is used there, it comes from a Greek word that means to begin something or to originate something or to be the leader in something or the leader of something. And all the things that the writer is talking about that Jesus is the beginner of, 
the originator of, the leader in, and the leader of, all these things make reference to our faith. In other words, dear ones, our faith, he is the leader of our faith, the originator of our faith, because our faith begins with Jesus in the sense that our salvation does not start and does not even exist until we come to him and in a spirit of humility and gratitude, accept his offer of salvation and forgiveness for our sins that he gives to us. Dear ones, our salvation, it it isn't there, but it's not just not there. Dear ones, it does not even exist. Our salvation does not exist apart from us coming to Jesus and in gratitude and humility, accepting his offer of salvation. So so it's it's not like, you know, I could get saved this way or I can get saved. No, no, there is no other salvation. Our salvation doesn't even exist until you come to Jesus. Amen. And so, dear ones, that's the first thing that we need to understand. Our faith begins with Jesus in that respect. But our faith originates with Jesus in the sense that he is the one that made choice of us to save us and to redeem us long before we made our choice of him. Jesus is the one that made choice of us long before we made our choice of him. Now, dear ones, that is a wonderful thing to begin to realize because as you begin to realize that Jesus is the one that made choice of us long before we made choice of him, now as you begin to realize that and then you look back over your life, the past of your life, you can begin to see the hand of God moving you, guiding you, directing you, moving you out of certain situations and into other situations, moving you away from certain people and connecting you with other people. Protecting you from some things and exposing you to other things. Because he had made choice of you. Some of you think that that bullet didn't hit you because you got it like that. You you got it that way. You just just that kind of person. There was that bullet didn't hit you because the Lord moved you. He protected you. He guided you. He covered you. When you didn't know him, he knew you. When you weren't aware of him, he was aware of you. When you had not made choice of him yet, he had already made choice of you. Lord, have mercy. For some of you, dear ones, that's why that relationship that, with that person that you were with, that's why it didn't work. Because the Lord knows if I let you, if I were to let you hook up with that crazy girl, you would have never accepted me. Lord, have mercy. If you would have got together with that crazy girl, she wouldn't, you would have never said yes to my offer. Or if you would have got together with that man, that man would have been the end of you. That man would have been the end of you. So I broke it off. And in the process of in the process of breaking it off, yes, I had to break your heart. Yes, I had God said, Yes, I had to break your heart. I had to break your heart in order to save your soul. Amen. Amen. Oh my. We, we, we don't see God like that. But that's what happens when he makes choice of you. He says, no, no, no. I got to lead you away from things. I got to lead you out of things. I got to protect you from things. I got to expose you to other things. And so God made choice of us. Uh, hold your finger here. Notice what we're told. Hold your finger here in Hebrews and turn with me to the book of Ephesians real quickly. Ephesians, the first chapter. Ephesians 1. Notice what the Lord says to us there in chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. Notice what it says. Paul says there, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Here we go. 
according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. God, the, the, Paul says God chose you before he made the mountains. God chose you before he created the seas. God chose you before he created the, the giraffe. God chose you before he created the rhinoceros. God chose you before he, he created the hippopotamus. God chose you before he created the squirrel and the antelope. He chose you. He made selection of you. He predestined you to be adopted as his child long before anything else he created. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on the station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax-deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. Now, you've got to begin to understand the, 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 the detail that the Lord does in his creation. You have to begin to understand all the detail, how he created the fish to be in how it is, or how he created the giraffe to live and operate the way it does, or how he created the hippopotamus to be so big and yet to be so agile and be able to run so fast, how he did all these things. He was meticulous. He was precise. He was exact in everything that he did. And dear ones, the same thing is true when he made selection of you as his child he was precise he was exact he knew exactly who he was choosing now you think about it you say well well, well, maybe that, that now begins to help me understand why i'm saved and nobody else in my family is my brother who's smarter than me my sister who's more talented than me my cousin who 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 is more 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 knowledgeable in a lot of things than i am and yet god chose me yes yes because he said, no, 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 I, I, I'm, not, no, I'm not so much looking for knowledgeable folk. I'm not so much looking for talented folk. I'm not so much looking for skillful folk. I'm looking for willing folk. Amen. Amen. I'm looking for willing folk. Thank you, Lord. I'm looking for people that will say yes to my offer. And so, and so, and so dear ones, he is the originator. Jesus is the originator of our faith, but he is also the leader of our faith in the sense that because Jesus stands as the sole provider of our salvation, our salvation only exists as long as we stay connected to him. 
Our salvation exists only as long as we stay connected to Jesus. For a person to disconnect themselves from Jesus is to disconnect oneself from any hope of salvation and any type of forgiveness for their sin. And so our salvation exists only as long as we stay connected to Jesus. Now, I'm not going to ask anybody in here to raise your hand and indict yourself. So just hold, put, your, put your hands under your seat. Just hold, just keep yourself now. I have, so, but I'm going to testify about myself. I'm, I'm going to say about myself. Because there have been times in my life, believe it or not, there have been times in my life where I have distanced myself from the Lord. I found myself being distant from the Lord, wanting to do what I want to do, want to live like I want to live. I want to act like I want to act. And I found distance growing between myself and the Lord. But I was still calling myself saved. I was still calling myself a child of God. I was still calling myself a pastor and and a servant of the Most High God. The problem was, every time I tried to do something, I didn't feel his presence. I didn't sense his anointing. I didn't didn't know. I I didn't feel his presence being with me. His hand of favor being on me. And I found myself. Humbling myself before the Lord saying, Lord, please, please forgive me. Help help me to be reconnected back to you. Help me to be reestablished in my relationship with you. Forgive me for even beginning to think that I could do anything apart from you. Forgive me. Like I said, I ain't going to ask you to raise your hand if you've ever been there. But I know I've been there. And and, and it taught me that he is the leader of my salvation. Because apart from him... My salvation don't exist. I ain't got nothing apart from him. It's in him that I live and move and have my being. And without him, I can do nothing. And so he is the leader of our salvation. But notice something else. Notice the ones. He's not just the author of our salvation. He's also the finisher of our salvation. He is the finisher of our salvation. And there was that word finisher. It it comes from a Greek word that means one who completes something or one who perfects something. He perfects it in the sense of he works things out and he works things through in order to bring that something to a predetermined ending. He works it out and he works it through in order to bring that thing that he is working with. To the predetermined end he has established for it. And dear ones, he is one who brings another through to the goal that that he has established so that person can win the prize that he has for them. The Lord is the one who brings the one, somebody else through so that you can reach the goal. It's almost like you're a football he's carrying. And he's running you through all the tackles and he's, he's going through, he's, 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 he's spinning around, he's, he's doing all that he needs to do to get you through the goal. Come on now. So that he can then give you the prize yeah. that he determined for you to get because he's carried you all the way through. And so dear ones, what this helps us to understand, what this helps us to understand is Jesus is the one who always, who always finishes every project that he starts. Amen. The Lord ain't like us. We got a lot of unfinished projects around our house. You know, Sister Ann be like, well, Michael, when are you going to finish that? Over there? I, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I'm, I'm, you know, just give me time. I'm going to get to it. It's, 
it's, it's in process. <laughs> it's just, no, the, 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 Lord, the Lord finishes every project that he starts. The Lord is the one who continues to work on something and to work with something in order to bring it to the predetermined ending that he has set for it. He is the one that works on something and works with something. See, that's why we, every, every night we get down on our knees and while we're telling the Lord, thank you, we ought to say, Lord, I thank you that you're still working with me. Amen. With all the stuff that I do and all the ways that I act and all the things that I, I mess up, Lord, I thank you that you're still working with me. Amen. Because he is the one that works with us and works on us to bring us to that predetermined end. And there was, notice what we're told about this in, in Philippians, the book of Philippians. Hold your finger here in Hebrews and turn with me real quickly. Philippians, the first chapter, just one verse of scripture. Paul summarizes this whole thing for us in one verse. Notice what he says, Philippians 1, verse 6. Paul says there, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul says, you, you, you got to be confident in this thing. Some of us have, don't have confidence in this thing. Some of us aren't sure about this thing. We struggle to believe that the Lord will still work with us. We struggle to believe that the Lord still has a plan for us. We struggle to believe that God still wants to use us. We struggle to believe that God still has his hand upon us. We struggle to believe that the Lord is still willing to, and desiring to be an, implement, an instrument in our lives that, is used, that he allow, wants us to be an instrument that is used for his glory. Let me say it that way. We struggle to believe that God will still use us as an instrument for his glory. Amen. We struggle to believe that because we've messed up so much. We've done so much wrong. We've, do, we've fallen short of his glory so many times. How can God use someone like me? Paul says, you stop all the doubting. Stop all the disbelieving and be confident in this very thing. If God started something in you, he will finish it. Amen. He will bring it to an end. It's, 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 it's like, I, I don't have time to go there, but if I had time, I'd I, I take us to the book of Acts. Because in Acts, we're, we're see there, Paul is, is on a ship. He's, he's on a ship on his way to Rome. And, and, and the Bible lets us know that as Paul was a prisoner on this ship, and he's on his way to Rome, because the Lord had told him, Paul, I need for you to testify for me in Rome. And so the Lord says, I, I told you I need you to testify for me in Rome. I didn't tell you how you was going to get there. Sometimes God has a plan for you. He just doesn't give you the details. Amen. And, so, and so Paul is a prisoner on the ship going to Rome. But in the process of going to Rome, dear ones, the Bible lets us know that a storm came upon the sea. Paul tried to warn them about the storm, but nobody wanted to listen to Paul because, after all, he's a prisoner. We, we, Paul, last time I checked, you was a preacher. You, you, not a sailor. You were a preacher, not a preacher, not a captain of a yacht. You were a preacher. So thank you, for your thank you for your input, Paul, but just go back over in your chair. I don't want to hear all that. So, so the Bible lets us know that the storm grew worse and worse and worse to the point that nobody thought they were going to survive it. But at, 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 almost at the very end of this thing, the Bible lets us know that Paul stepped forward and he says, y'all should have listened to me. He says it in a, in a better way than that. He didn't say y'all, but he says, you know, you should have taken heed to my voice. But it's better, better you know, y'all should listen to me. I try to tell y'all, y'all should listen. But then he goes on to say, the angel of the Lord appeared to me last night yeah. and told me that all of us are going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. But the ship going to be lost. Yeah. 
All of us will survive this, this, this storm. All of us will survive this calamity. But the ship is going to be lost. Amen. So, so, so Paul, they, Paul says that. But the problem, Lori, the problem is Paul says that. And the storm keeps blaring. The lightning keeps dashing. The wind keeps blowing. The waves keep beating against the ship. It doesn't clear up right away. God gave them a promise of deliverance, even though the problem remained. God gave them a promise of deliverance, but he didn't clear up the problem. So as the story goes on, you read the scriptures as, as it goes on, the, 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 they get to a point, the, 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 the guards get to a point where they are contemplating, yes, you know, just kind of getting off the ship. They say, you know what, we're, we're close. We're going to get off the ship right now. And Paul had to let them know, don't let them leave, because if they leave, yes. the promise that God gave is voided. Amen. They got to remain on the ship. Otherwise, none of us will be saved. Amen. The only way you will get be, the only way you will be saved is you got to stay on the boat. Only way you're going to be saved is to stay on the boat. Hello dear ones, this is Pastor Michael Fields, and here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.